This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without some spooko to freak to, freak to, freak to, freak to, freak to. That's my Timberland impression. Um, This is another um, non-normal Spooko episode. Team, real life is very real life. Uh, Shags and my real jobs are very much real jobs. And so here we have uh, Peach hitting you with a bit of a solo joint this week. Um, This podcast recently has been haunted by my reminiscences about Event Horizon, right? As we said a couple of weeks ago, I have actually seen a couple of horror films. One of those horror films is Event Horizon. It was a film I watched as a babysitter as a teenager, maybe 15 or 16 years old. And it was a film that I expected to be a bit of a sci-fi romp through space type adventure and as someone who was already scared of horror films sitting there in a very large house basically expected to be the grown-up looking after the children who are now asleep uh, you can imagine that it's been a bit of a formative experience for me being freaked out about horror films so what I thought I might do is spend this sort of solo peach joint having a chat about Event Horizon uh, from one perspective, because I understand that Shag might also be inclined to take us back into Event Horizon in the coming weeks, but I'm not privy to that insider knowledge, so we might just see how we go on that point. So for today, what we're going to do is we're going to discuss me working through the Event Horizon Wikipedia synopsis, which I haven't read, uh, so it's going to be an interesting <laughs> trip down memory lane slash um, you know a couple of, a couple of new uh, a couple of new experiences for me thrown in perhaps as well uh, 25 years ago I saw this movie <laughs> um, and let's see how the crowdsourced plot synopsis of it does in reawakening those memories now um, a couple of interesting bits of metadata to kick off. The, the the film itself was a bit of a commercial sort of stutter. The, the budget was $60 million and it made 42 So it was underwater um, on the sort of initial theatrical release. But subsequently, it's been embraced as a bit of a cult classic. Um, the director, Paul W.S. Anderson. There are so many Paul Anderson directors, aren't there? There's that PTA, that Magnolia guys, and then there are a few others. Um, but he had previously directed... Mortal Kombat, and as I followed his hyperlink, as one does when I'm um, taking a look at a Wikipedia plot synopsis, there's almost nothing else in here. I was going to say nothing else fun in here that he's done. All this stuff looks fun, but it looks unimportant. We've got a lot of Resident Evils, we've got some Alien vs. Predators, uh, we've got some Death Races, a number of sequels to that, um, something called Pandorum, uh, and frankly, uh, it looks like a, an interesting career that had Event Horizon been uh, more broadly celebrated and perhaps had it got the popular reception that was along the lines of its later cult reception, Paul W.S. Anderson might be one of the top five Paul Anderson movie directors, but it was not to be. So this week, we're going to discuss Event Horizon. At 0300 this morning, TDRS picked up an automated navigation beacon broadcasting at two-minute intervals in Neptune orbit. Neptune orbit. This is incredible. It's the event horizon. She's come back. The event horizon is 
the culmination of a secret government project to create a spacecraft capable of faster-than-light flight. The ship doesn't really go faster than light. What it does is it creates a dimensional gateway that allows it to jump instantaneously from one point of the universe to another light years away. Where has she been for the last seven years, Doctor? That's what we're here to find out. After seven years in deep space. There were 18 people on board this ship when it disappeared. I want them all accounted for. Opening outer door. It came back abandoned. Any crew? Negative. This place is a tomb. But it didn't come back alone. Captain Miller! I've got some problems here! has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows where it's been and what it's brought back with it. Did you hear that? What is it? The ship is reacting to us and the reactions are getting stronger. What are you telling me? That this ship is alive? Oh. I have such wonderful things to show you. Oh, my God. It knows my secrets. <laughs> Knows my fears. Vacate. I want off this ship. You can't leave. She won't let you. God help us. Okay, we get it. You know, Sam Neill, mad scientist. Uh, he's in love with a spaceship. Turns out the spaceship's a haunted house. Turns out it went to hell. It's exciting stuff. We're going to dive into it. So in the year 2047, which in 1997, what a full projection, 50 years into the future, uh, we get a distress signal that's received on Earth from Event Horizon, which is this ship that has disappeared during its maiden voyage to my favourite place in space and yours, Proxima Centauri, seven years earlier. And then mysteriously, it comes back in a decaying orbit around Neptune. And if you've got some time on your hands, clicking the hyperlink for decaying orbit is interesting-ish, and I'd encourage you to, to give it a crack. So, flash to where we are. We're in the rescue vessel that's called Lewis and Clark, and we've got Captain Miller... And none of them are linked to the actors. So I'm going to be scrolling down and back. But we've essentially got Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill. We've got Jolie Richardson. We've got the guy who plays uh, Draco Malfoy's dad, uh, whose name's escaped me. I think that's Jason Isaacs. We've got Sean Pertwee, who you might know as one of the Doctor Whos. And we've got some other people on this rescue ship. In any case, on they get. Um, and importantly, we've got Sam Neill, Dr. Weir, um, who's the Event Horizons designer who, you know, I think even the trailer makes obvious, is going to go crazy, fall in love with the ship and sort of murder everyone. <laughs> Just to hear you with the spoilers. So um, we've got Sam Neill briefing everyone on how the experimental gravity drive, you know, that, that's the fundamental part of the Event Horizon is going to work. And what we have is this distress signal that 25 years ago I can almost conjure back but there's this phrase that sounds like liberate me or, or something like that, forgive that awful accent, that we initially think is save me. Right? Well, well, like, right? That's like, yep, all right, I, I understand. Save, save me. Yep, great, it's a rescue mission. So our rescuers hop on board the event horizon um, and the crew finds 
you, you know, what Lawrence Fishburne describes in the trailer as, 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 a, as a tomb. There's evidence of a massacre and they're going through searching for survivors. And as that happens, the ship's gravity drive, this sort of scary hell razorly um, great big ball with the other little rings going around, it activates. And briefly, we have Justin, one of the crew members who I've forgotten who it is. Who plays Justin? I don't know who plays Justin, and we're only getting the initials in the list of cast. So uh, let us speculate that Justin is. Well, let's let's speculate that it's S. J. Miller, Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne's character for the moment, and we'll see whether we're wrong or right. And apologies to the actors for not um, taking the time to do a deeper search for uh, for who that might be. But we have Justin, who's dragged into the portal, and there's a shockwave that damages the rescue ship. And so now our rescue ship's damaged. We've all got to head into the event horizon. Justin comes out in a sort of bizarre state based on, you know, the other side and the hell dimension and stuff that he's seen. He tries to commit suicide by decompression, but he's saved out by Lawrence Fishburne and he's placed in, you know, stasis in his sort of space sleep. He, you, you know what I mean when we say stasis and we're talking about movies like this. And so um, haunted house stuff starts happening. Haunted spaceship stuff starts happening. And if you were a, how old was I, 16-year-old, 15-year-old babysitter uh, at the time who was already scared of horror films, I could promise you that this stuff was pretty spooky. <laughs> um, and so our rescue team starts to see people from their pasts that only they can see. And we've got these hallucination, hallucinations of fears and regrets. Um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne sees a junior that he was forced to abandon Peters, I think that's Jolly Richardson's character, sees her son um, who uh, has legs covered in lesions. And Weir, Sam Neill, sees an eyeless vision of his wife who had committed committed suicide, who's now saying, you know, join me beyond the grave to the spooky afterlife. They then discover this video log that I think, I don't know if it's just pop culture reminding me of what it is, but I I feel like I can directly recall it of of we've got this video log of the crew who are um, having sex and mutilating each other simultaneously shortly after they engage the gravity drive. And so we've got sex and violence combined and um, just having had a browse through the Wikipedia page, the actors in these scenes, some of them were genuinely amputees and so... Um, that um, uh, that 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 sort of state of body was used to um, suggest mutilation and the, and the removal of limbs had been the result of using the gravity drive and there were pornographic actors who were used to sort of quite quite realistically simulate sex um, in these videos so it's a, it's a fairly confronting video that I have not rewatched <laughs> since 1997 um, but uh, my my memory feels clear enough on it. And so then we've got the final shot of this, and we have the captain who's you know held held his, like holding out his eyes that have been gouged from his sockets, like so the eyes are out, and we hear the complete phrase from the distress call, distress call, which you might remember sounded something like "liberate me," something like that, and we hear the complete one which is liberate, and again, forgive me for mangling this, I did Chinese at high school, I didn't do Latin, I didn't do Greek, but it's liberate tutamet ex inferis, which is save yourself from hell. So not the save me we thought it was, it's a warning, it's not a distress call. 
we then have one of those great Wikipedia sentences. So, are you ready? So, deducing that the ship's drive opened a gateway to a hellish dimension outside the known universe and that the event horizon somehow attained sentience... So that's big. Firstly, <laughs> we figure out the ship went outside the universe and the ship's alive. Uh, we've got Lawrence Fishburne being like, right, that's fine. We've got to destroy the ship. We've got to evacuate. Uh, Peter's Jolly Richardson's lured to her death. And Weir, uh, who is Sam Neill, has gouged out his eyes and seems pretty much possessed. By now, he's like, I'm evil. You, you know, I'm, I'm there. I'm down for the hell dimension. And he blows up the uh, rescue ship. <clears throat> kills a few people and blasts uh, Cooper, one of the juniors, out into space. Um, Sam Neill kills DJ. Who's DJ again? DJ's Jason Isaacs, who I think I should just confirm is um, Lucius Malfoy. He's indeed Lucius Malfoy and still looks just as handsome today as he did back in Event Horizon times by vivisection. Vivisection, that's the like live surgery, isn't it? Oh, my God. Gosh, that's intense. And then comes and confronts Jolly Richardson um, on the bridge of the ship. We've got um, then a bit of our showdown um, and the gravity drive is sort of activated time bomb style of we're going to have a 10 minute countdown till we go back to the hell dimension. Uh, Cooper uses the spacesuit's oxygen to uh, get back on the ship Weir shoots him, shattering the window, and then we see Sam Miller, Weir, sucked into space. And it's like, oh, great. There we are. Don't worry. We'll seal off the ship's bridge. Um, All right, let's split the horizon in two and use the forward section to get us home. Then um, we find that Miller... uh, Sorry, we find that Sam Neill wasn't defeated so easily and we've got Lawrence Fishburne fighting him off and blowing up the explosive to sacrifice himself. We've then got the gravity drive activating that pulls the back of the ship into a black hole. Uh, and we've got the survivors entering into stasis, right? And so we've, all, we've got Justin, we've got Stark, um, who's that? That's Jolly Richardson. And we've got Cooper, um, Cooper being one of the young heroes of the rescue team who are then in stasis. We've got a bit of a jump scare then. Uh, so we see uh, Weir posing as one of, the re- one, of the, one, of the, one of the rescuers. And then, of course, it was all a dream. And we've got the rescue team comforting the newly awakened and terrified survivors. So that's Event Horizon. I'm sure my Wikipedia um, revisiting cannot do justice to the proper terror. Um, Sam Neill is a national treasure of New Zealand and he's such a national treasure of New Zealand that for our American listeners, I should just say that for Australians, anytime there's a notable New Zealander, we tend to go, oh yeah, look, New Zealand's pretty much Australia. So basically (laughs) Sam Neill's Australian as well. So we'll end up, we'll end up claiming him too. But if I can just refresh and, and convey to you the profound goriness of this film, the blood, the mutilation, and that very awkward um, sort of um, issue that, that's, that's at the core of a number of horror films of the having sex alongside violence that um, is enough to make 
um, cert- certain people, me definitely included, feel icky. So through this entire movie, there's that dis-ease. And if you're a 15-year-old boy uh, doing some babysitting, expecting to see a bit of a sci-fi romp with Lawrence Fishburne going in and beating up some aliens, and instead you end up watching one of the scariest and goriest films of all time, then I feel for you, 25 years down the track, Event Horizon can still tickle those fear bones very much. And... I'm not sure I'm that much closer to re-watching it. Thanks for that little adventure. Uh, we should have some real Spookos back for you shortly. Do follow Spooko on TikTok. Do follow Spooko on Instagram. Uh, do just send a nice message to Shag to let him know you love him, because we all do, and we will speak soon. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe, and follow wherever you can, and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?